So we began last week looking at the first part of the Apostles' Creed, and last week we began with, I believe in God the Father Almighty. And I talked about how, as a Christian, living in the early church in the second, third, or fourth centuries, that to claim God as Father was actually quite a political statement, because the patrum was the emperor. And so that was supposed to be the one that you claimed as God the Father. Well, then you hear the word Lord, and in Latin, it would have been dominus. And in the ancient world, it meant a a lord over something, a master or an owner of things or of people. A slave owner was the dominus. But then in the year 284, a man named Diocletian came to be emperor of Rome, and from that day on, the title for the emperor was officially named Dominatus, Lord of all. It's no surprise then that of all of the titles that our forefathers could have given to Jesus in the Apostles' Creed, I mean, it could have been Savior, Messiah, King of Kings. No, it was Lord. The middle section, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. You see, to make the claim that Jesus Christ was Lord was a bold statement of allegiance. And it was saying that you were saying, Lord of all is not Diocletian. Lord of all is not the emperor of the day. And I'm not really sure In all the years that I have been standing and saying the Apostles' Creed, I realized what what a political statement I was making. Does it feel political to you to say that? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. I wonder, though, if we were to think again about what it means to say Jesus is Lord of all, What would it mean for us in 2022? In Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, Paul begins his letter just like he does all of his other letters to these little churches. And you can go back and read the whole first chapter. And he begins with, I, Paul, an apostle of Christ. And then he goes into thanking them, just like he does in all the other letters. I thank you for the way that you are pursuing to live this life followed after the gospel. But in this letter to the Colossian church, he does something that he doesn't do in any other of the letters. He quickly pivots after this short intro and affirmation, and he begins to tell them and remind them who Jesus is. And we just heard it. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And I had to ask as I was reading back through these letters, why did Paul do this? There has to be a reason why Paul wanted to remind those Colossians who Jesus is. And then I I began to reread the whole letter and it became apparent that these early Christians, that they are up against some opposition. Look Look what happens in chapter two. This is Paul speaking to them. Do not let anyone disqualify you insisting on self abasement, which would be like self hatred and worship of angels, initiatory visions puffed up without cause by a human 
way of thinking. Paul begins his letter, I think, reminding them about who Jesus is because they need to be encouraged in their faith. The early church, you realize, was birthed into the Greco-Roman world, and these were very, very smart-minded people. And what they preached was different than what had been preached according to Hebrew tradition, and this was a tradition that was dualistic. So it was either or. It was up, it was down. There was body or flesh, and there was spirit. And the thing about the body is the body was bad. The body was something lower, and it was the spirit that was elevated. And so imagine, Paul is writing to this church in, in Colossians, and they are, they are experiencing some type of resistance because their Jesus was in a body. Their Jesus was in a body that, as you saw the scripture, where God was pleased to fully dwell. There's something about the body that is good and it doesn't feel right that we're supposed to hate the body. In this view, it doesn't line up with the truth that Jesus, you see, was fully God in a fully human body. And so when we read that Paul says that that it is embodied is Christ, we can see now that he is trying to help the church help them find their grounding in a world where what they are being told is that what you believe is not true. How many of us live in a world where we are told what we believe is not true? I wonder if you come to church because you are hoping to be reminded that there is a truth that grounds us regardless of what the world or others or maybe even our own doubts are saying. I am longing to feel grounded in a world that seems so unstable. Are you as well? And so I think this is a text to encourage us today. In life, there are so many things that can make us feel lost or alone. I hear stories of this all the time. I felt so lost, and we need to be reminded today, friends, that we serve a real and an alive God that in and through living as a human reconciles all things, makes peace through his blood. And so Jesus is what grounds us. Growing up in the 1930s, there was a man named Miguel Encinias, and he had a dream to be a pilot, but he didn't know if he would be able to be a pilot because people of Hispanic heritage, they didn't make it to be a pilot. But Encinias was determined and he was accepted into the Air Force Cadet School. And he went on to serve as a combat pilot in World War II in Korea and Vietnam. He flew 240 combat missions for our country. Have you heard of him? I had neither. He died in 2016 and two of his grown children, Isabel and Juan Pablo, were interviewed to tell the story about their father. And they began, and it was funny at first, sharing about how when they were little, he would wake them up with a military whistle, (laughs) come into their bedroom, and, and Isabel said, it was just the most intense and terrifying thing. 
She went on to say that when her father was coming back from a trip, that she and all of her siblings, they would gather on the tarmac waiting for him. And as he flew in, she would look up and say, oh, my dad is such a hero. And, and Juan Pablo went on to tell this story that is going to sound very familiar to you. There was a mission where one of the other pilots was shot and he was losing consciousness. And so his father, who was flying a different plane over the radio, talked him down to a safe landing. Juan Pablo said, you know, he wasn't concerned about commendations or medals, but he was proud that he was able to help save one of his fellow pilots. Well, as he got older, he got dementia, but they told the story of how even when he wasn't able to process lots of conversations whenever there was a plane, he would look up at the sky and you could tell he just wanted to be up in that plane with every ounce of his being. At the end of the interview, Isabel asked her brother what she misses most about her father. And he said, I miss the solidity of knowing he's there. There was just this groundedness that he brought when he was around that I really miss. Friends, I want you to be reminded today that Christ is the solid ground on which we stand, that Christ was and is the groundedness. I want you to know that Christ is here because, see, the text reads this, it says in verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Jesus has been first place since the beginning. Jesus, in no other thing, has no rival. There is no equal for Christ. And for some crazy reason, Jesus chose for that groundedness to be revealed through the church, through this community of faith, through the people that are sitting next to you, that are in front or behind of you, the people up in the balcony, the people down here, the people that are online. It is through the church, this community of faith, that we are reminded of the power of the name of Jesus. We are reminded of the grounding, the common ground that Jesus brings to us, that literally roots us in our lives. So in those times when we are feeling lost or alone, we come here and we sing the songs and we pray the prayers and we see each other and we are reminded that Jesus is first place, that Jesus is the head of this body. Through the church, we experience the image of the invisible God. Through the church, we were reminded that Christ is first place in all things, first place in everything. First in creation, first in heaven, first in earth, first in humanity, first in body, and first in this body. We call the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church. And this is what it means to proclaim faith in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. Our Lord is first place. There is not a space or a thought where Jesus is not first place, even all those ugly ones. All was created in and for him. Jesus is literally hidden in the glory for all creation to see. 
Friends, Jesus Christ is our Lord. He is still first place in heaven and earth. He still is the image of the invisible God. Jesus Christ is the ground by which we base our lives on today. 